Miller Lite, the official beer partner of your Philadelphia Phillies, is proud to serve as presenting sponsor of WIP's High Hopes Pod. So whether you're listening to the game, catching up on the latest High Hopes Pod, or at the ballpark, remember it tastes like Miller time, Phillies fans. Celebrate responsibly. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers. Whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit... It's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, this is Bryson Stott, first-round draft pick of the Philadelphia Phillies, and you're listening to the High Hopes Podcast with James Seltzer and Jack Fritz. This is the High Hopes Podcast. It's a bunch of baseball nerds talking about the Philadelphia Phillies on Radio.com and Sports Radio 94 WIP. Yo, it is another edition of the High Hopes Podcast. We're back in our studio, Jack. Well, it's about time they made room. It feels good. Yeah, well, it feels, it feels a, right. Listen, as you can tell, the energy is already better <laughs> in this room. You know? This, 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 well, that's this. only because of Penvetta, let's be real. <sighs> You're starting this early? Yeah, let's just go into it. I That's mean, what everyone's it. waiting for. We'll dive into the whole thing, but Penvetta, what a, what a showing from Penvetta. Nick Pavetta, what was it? Three and two three thirds, and two-thirds. five Ks. Yeah. Looked awesome, Jack. Against the worst team in baseball. That's not, you know. We don't care about that. that. But he looked awesome. Uh-oh. Really? Uh-oh. It really feels good being dead right again <laughs> about Nick Pavetta. Uh, right back to it, huh? Oh, we're, we're never left. Dead right. Back like we never left. He was always going to be a valuable pitcher. And, uh, well, honestly, if you want to be, if you want to go to the dead right, I, knew, I said if he was, was going to be a two-pitch pitcher, he was always going to work out the bullpen. You, you have said that and, multiple and times. And he was a third pitch away from being a legitimately good starter. So Kurt chilling, I think is what you said. Yeah. <laughs> and a better version. That's the, that's the actual. A phrase. better version of Steven Strasburg. Yes. But now he's in the bullpen, and now he's just Josh Hader from the right side. <laughs> so how much time you got on Ben? But it was absolutely. It was freaking dominant. It was like. It was like, dude, this is what we've been begging for. And I can't wait for like a, a freaking outing from now when he's like, mm, here's 92. Here's 92. <laughs> you know that's coming. Oh, my God. And I'm going to be. series. It'll be when it gets important. It's going to be not, not so great. I'm going to be stampeding around my apartment angry, <laughs> angry at Nick Pavetta. But like that upside is is there. I mean, I understand I understand it was against the Tigers, but still he came in into a into a 2-2 game and had to face Miggy and Castellanos, I'm pretty sure. Like mm-hmm. they, they brought out they brought out Morgan after he got the lefty and they brought in Pivetta to get a future Hall of Famer and and Nick Castellanos who like Nick Castellanos is one of those guys that I think is going to get a big hit in a playoff series for some team. He just has that look to him. Sure. He leads he leads majors and doubles and all that. So it's a good hitter. Nick, Nick Castellanos is the one good hitter on that team. Yes, and slap hitter Mickey. <laughs> Not even slap. He's got like 280, so I guess that's okay. Yeah, slap hitter. He's singles, baby. Yeah, singles. Singles that's people it. to death. Yes. Death by a thousand papers cut, Miguel, not Miguel a, Cabrera. Not a single to right field because he might get thrown out of first base. Oh, man. Like he, <laughs> dude, Michael Franco made two plays that like, 
Anyone else in baseball beats them out. I want Other it. than maybe Franco himself. I wanted to see Franco versus Miggy in a foot race. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it would have been on. it would have been must see too. like change out the freeze in Atlanta and just make it Franco versus Cabrera <laughs> and, and see how it goes. The freeze is pretty impressive, by the way. Oh, it's a cool it's a cool promotion. It's a good bet. Yeah. Never loses. Well, he has lost. Has he lost? Oh yeah. Never loses when I'm watching. Oh well he's he's always oh, he laps people when I'm watching. Yeah, well he's he's a freak. Uh, but it was like it was it was ninety eight and it was aggressiveness and it was emotion and it was wiped out curveballs. It was like I'm I'll I'll just put this out there now. I <laughs> whenever you say that again, no no, no this actually next. this actually isn't good. I think they're gonna trade him. I think they're gonna trade him next week. Oh, I think they would rather no. I think they would rather trade Pavetta than give up the prospects in the minor leagues. I think wow. they'd rather trade Pavetta than give up like a Medina or or give up a lower level guy like give up. The guy's below Spencer Howard. Like, right. I think Spencer Howard's untouchable. I agree But with you. I think they'd rather give up Pavetta than give up the other minor league pieces. And I just think that if they do that, it is a colossal mistake, given what you saw on on Mon- Tuesday night. Tuesday game, night. Game, game one. one. Game, game one. one. Tech, game one. You know what we do here. We saw on game one. Like, I just think it is a colossal mistake, because look at that. If you see that upside, and he, if you can be, like, multi-inning guys are, like, Incredibly valuable. It's, it's so valuable. Very, very like, valuable. In and instead game. of having to trade for relievers, maybe, hey, crazy idea. Develop your own. Like, you don't have to give up the farm for Kirby Yates if you could develop your own Kirby Yates. So, like, I just, I don't like the idea. I would rather give up a prospect of Medina's caliber than give up Nick Pavetta, who's already proven that he could at least be a dominant reliever in Major League Baseball. Uh, well, actually, it's a little early to say. <laughs> yeah, but two outings, one of which was dominant. Has the stuff to be a dominant reliever in Major League Baseball, and if he commits to it, could be one of the best in the game. And I just, I don't, I have a bad feeling that they're going to trade him in like a Stroman trade or a Ray trade or like a minor trade. Wow. Very worried about it. Well, the funny thing is I think most people would say trade Pavetta instead of trading Medina. But I actually, I'm with you. I I, I think that, and you've talked about for a while that, that with those two pitches and the type of stuff that he has in the makeup, he could be a dominant multi-inning reliever. And guys like Josh Hader, guys like Vasquez, guys who can give you more than an inning and are dominant at the back of a bullpen are incredibly valuable. We saw Andrew Miller almost carry the Indians to a World Series because of how dominant a middle multi-inning reliever he was. Yeah, and, and listen, bad starters turn into dominant relievers all the time. It's what they do. Andrew Miller was a bad starter. It, it was crazy. Josh Hader still could be a starter someday, but was a starter. It was crazy, the reaction to, like, Pivet in the bullpen. Everyone's like, wow, he's broken. It's like, well, not really. Like, this this could be the best thing for him. Like, when I saw Velasquez out of the bullpen, I thought it was okay. But when I watched Velasquez, and the same thing happened yesterday, like, his all-speed stuff is just not good. Mm-hmm. Like, he is a really good fastball. Like, a really good fastball. It's heavy, and it's hard to, hard to square up. But, like, the off-speed just leaves so much to be desired. Whereas Pavetta, it's legit, like, two could-be-dominant pitches if he tr- tries to throw as hard as he possibly can. Yeah, I mean, when that curveball is on, it is a dominant pitch. Yeah. It, it is a wipeout-type curveball, especially when you mix it with 97-98 like he can when he's coming out of the pen like that with a consistent type of effort. What about the makeup, though? Because uh, yeah. he did not handle the demotion well from a, you know, quotes type of perspective. What he had to say was not encouraging that yeah. Nick's going to go in there and just, you know, fill a role, as it were. But how he handled it on the mound was much better. Like, sure. Like, the guy that we saw on the mound was, that was the most emotion I've seen from Pavetta, really, ever. I mean, he let a vicious fist pump. Like, it's, it's if he can, ju- that's what I'm saying. Like, if he can just, if he can just commit to doing it, if he can just say, hey, 
I'm going to be dominant out of the bullpen. Like, that's not a bad gig. No. Man. It's not a bad gig it's at all. It's a great gig. And I understand, like, the 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 want to to be a starter. But if you can be a bullpen, dominant bullpen piece for the next, you know, you, you'll be on this team for the next seven years or whatever. And then you go and get another contract. You'll, you get paid good money. I mean, relievers get paid good money. And the way that if you're not going to learn a third pitch, and you're not going to be a good starter, and you're not going to make any money, <laughs> and point. you're going to get DFA'd. So, so which is which would you rather have? Would you rather have a job in Major League Baseball and be good at it, or would you rather not? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, it's an obvious answer, but the point is that's what it comes down to with Pavetta, and in his head, he has to accept these things. Or look, develop a third pitch in the offseason, really work on it, and do that. Uh, you know, go one way or the other, but he has to commit to it if it's going to work. Um, interesting with the trade thing. We'll talk trades a little bit later. Yeah, I just, I just think that, and, and um, Salisbury threw it out there yesterday, kind of like they may want to put him in a deal. Yeah. Around. If, they, if they think he is, and listen, if they're so obsessed with this this clubhouse thing, which is a, it's a, it's a good thing. If they think he is hurting the clubhouse, and they think that he is that like just head case, and they want to get rid of him because they don't think that he's ever going to put it together mentally. Like I get it. But you better be sure, because he's a guy that can come back and bite you. Like he's a guy that can come back and absolutely bite you, and it would be the, it would be a GM's worst nightmare giving away a guy like Pivetta. Yeah, well, it could be. A GM could be a GM. Yeah, and I'm with you. Will I, be. I do think. <laughs> I do think the clubhouse matters. I'm I'm a believer in that. We've talked a lot about that. The 2017 Eagles. I I don't think they win that Super Bowl without that locker room and the way it was no. and the the ma- it was magic there. But I do think that matters. I think you need to foster a group of guys who want to go out and play for each other. And it doesn't. It's not matters. You know, you need talent. You need guys who can play. But I, I do think that matters. So I'm okay with them looking at it that way. All right, let's step back a little bit and and talk about the other things. Obviously, not the most important thing in Nick Pavetta, but the other things that happened. Mm. Um, swept. The Tigers, <laughs> yay! In like the most boring, <laughs> awfully played uh, two game series I've ever seen in my life. They survived, honestly. It's all I just wanted them to win. And look, four nothing. You know, it's a, a handily they won that game. Yeah, but it was like they're winning with no one. It like, was off. All right, that lineup. And in the first game, game one, the fifteen inning affair, which we both stayed up till twelve forty in the morning or whatever it was Horrible. for that. Har- what an awful game! A fifteen inning win should be fun, Jack. It was not fun. No. It was like torture having to watch that game. 16 strikeouts, 11 runners left on. It was just awful. It was horrible. It was, it it was, was horrible. 30 plus for both teams. Like just so many Ks. And the, the, all, the most frustrating thing about extra inning baseball is like players just try to end the game every single bit. Yes. And, it's like, and the, the other thing is be, uh, on the flip side, batters aren't working counts, working at bats because they just want to end it yeah. too. So it's it's frustrating. Oh, it was. It was not a fun win. It was like a. It was like thank God you guys won that freaking game. <laughs> Your boy Joe Giglio put out a poll, which was like at the, it was like in like the twelfth or thirteenth inning, which was uh, something about um like is this going to be a uh, like a uh, a fun win or a sad loss? And someone replied, "Can't they both be sad?" And I was like, "Yes, it's a sad loss." Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, it was the definition of that. It was not a. It was not a fun win. I uh, think they won. Reese. Thank up. God, because we're talking about this like, oh, it was not a fun win. What a brutal night. If they lose that game, think about how much more annoyed we are. How much more pissed off we are. Well, and then and then if he sat if he sat uh, Bryce the next day and had that lineup trotting out there, <laughs> oh buddy, it would have been it would have been meltdown city. How about just the idea that in back to back games, Roman Quinn and Nick Williams hit home runs. That that should be the sign that the apocalypse is upon us, Jack. Well, Roman Quinn, it was like a an, it was like a no doubter bomb. Oh, Matt Boyd. Yeah, you're like I'm not trading for Matthew Boyd anymore. Can't, he's off my he's off my trade list. Give up a four hundred foot home run, Roman Quinn. That's a problem. It's a real problem. He definitely settled down. He did. He looked good. <laughs> he looked. He looked, he looked good. pretty good. I would take him. I 
would take him too. I think that what's coming out and what it seems, and again, as we learn with the Bryce Harper stuff, you know, this this offseason, that you can't believe anything you hear at this time of year. There are certain things you can see teams connected to people, and we'll talk about some of the names. Um, and, and on Monday, we're going to do our perfect deadline show, mm. which should be fun. But um, while you can't believe really anything you hear about this type of stuff at this time of year, um, I, I don't get too carried away with it, but we'll see. There's a lot, a lot of a lot of names floating around here, and I think with well, Boyd, though, it seems like what they're asking for. It seems like they're asking for the moon for the guy, and I don't know. I would love to have Matthew Boyd. I'd love to have three years of team control. I'm not giving up my farm system for Matthew Boyd. No, he's not. He's not the right guy to do it for. And uh, and the thing that I think we should know about Klanzak, and we sh- should know that at this point, is that his move is coming out of nowhere. Like. Think of the last move besides Bryce. Well, Jay Bruce was out of nowhere. Well, I mean, we're going back to we're on the JG Realmito trade. Yeah, we're going oh, that to another, the yeah. Segura that, that trade. day, remember, we're like doing the pod, and all of a sudden it's like, wait, they're trading for Romito? What's happening? Oh my God. And it was David Robertson came out of absolutely mm-hmm. no. Every You're single, right. It's a good point. They, they every, keep a tight front office. Wilson Ramos last year, <laughs> Triple Cabrera last year. Yeah. Like just moves. No names we heard. No names that we were they were connected to or whatever. So Clentac does not let anything leak. But Segura I agree. trade came out of nowhere. Really, all of them. It's a great point. Except for Harper, but Harper was a lot of Harper, And Harper wasn't even. It, we it still they were pretty tight about what was happening with Harper. It was just that it, we were obviously all talking about Harper no matter what. So it was impossible for them not to be involved in those discussions or whatever. Right. But yeah, it's it's a really good point. I, I don't think we get even with and we'll get to Clintax comments from Tuesday too. But you can't really take anything they say seriously. No, and but I do I do agree with you with Boyd though because um, they've been connected for a while. The three years of team control and I just I think they want Boehm. And I think the Phillies are trying to figure out a way to do a deal without Bone. I agree. And Howard. I think those are, we've talked about it, but in my mind, the only two guys I really, truly will be floored if the Phillies trade is Bomb and Howard. Yeah. And there's no other guy on the market. Like, I would. There's no one with enough contr- years of control that you Years of control and that good. So Boyd is like a, a two, three guy for yeah, the next like, four look, years. Yeah. If, if Trevor, and I know that Phillies Twitter, and there are a lot of people who really don't like Trevor Bauer, I'm of the mind that, yeah, he's an ass, but. He's an awesome pitcher, so I'll take him on my team. He's a good pitcher. He's a really good pitcher. If it were Trevor Trevor Boyd for three years of team control. Trevor Bauer for three years. Trevor Trevor Bauer instead of Matthew Boyd, thank you. If it's Trevor Bauer of three years of team control, or even if it's like, you know, Robbie Ray of three years of team control, then maybe you're willing to give up a prospect like that because those guys have shown the ability for multiple years to have real wipeout, legit type stuff, whereas Boyd is really good, but it's all deception. It's not like he's got just dominant, dominant stuff. And also, it, he gets a lot of strikeouts, no walks, but he's also got an ERA over four, so it's not like he's been lights out this year. Yeah, and he's a two pitch pitcher, and a, and a late and a late bloomer too. Which not that that is is a be all end all, but there's just not as much evidence for us that Matthew Boyd is going to be good for the next three four years as there is with Trevor Bauer or someone like that. Like Cliff Lee was a, a late bloomer too, but Cliff Lee was coming off of Cy Young season. He won the Cy Young, <laughs> like literally the year before he won the Cy Young. It's a little different. Cliff Lee's year when he won the Cy Young is. Light years better than what Matthew Boyd is doing. He was doing the strikeout to walk stuff better than Boyd, and everything else is yeah. better. Yeah. So, and it doesn't matter that he's on a bad team. I, I, I've seen that no. float around. No. It doesn't matter. Like it's pitching dependent. It's not. Yeah, and they're not a they're not a horrendous defensive team. They're just well, bad at everything else. They're I watched them a lot. They're not good. They're not good. They're not brutal. They're not good. But I'm saying like they're not something where it should be like they're pitchers ERAs are way higher than they should be because the defense has let them down so much. They're not the Phillies from last year. Say. No team is the Phillies of last year. Oh my god! One of the worst, one of the worst defensive teams in it's the MLB first history. I've ever watched on a consistent basis. There's no question about that. Um, all right, uh, any other takeaways from the the 
15 inning affair. Obviously, we all know Reese Hoskins unclutch, but outside of that, finally, he's finally like I. Can you, I the guy never gets clutch hits. I can't believe it. No, having he, two games in a he, row. Can you believe it? He went through a spell where he was not getting clutch hits and was not coming up big, which is all I was saying. And for never last, clutch, last, no clutch hits from Reese. Last week he's had. Like three, <laughs> yeah, you back to back games, winning hits. Had three clutch hits in the last, uh, and yeah, and then I went and five, yeah, three out of the last five wins. He's yep. had big time hits, so uh, good for Reese. I mean, they they need they need him to get going, and now Bryce is is playing a little bit better. So uh, even though still Bryce is just not lifting the ball, not lifting the ball, man. I, I'm uh, I made a uh, a bet prior to the season with with our boss Mike yeah. Gaskin. And we're gonna push because it was something like a two thirty average. I think was the bet over under, but. 31 home runs was the over-under, and I was like, oh, he's definitely going over 31. I got this on lock. Not feeling great about that bet right now, Jack. Well, Vegas, Vegas is right. I mean, Vegas <laughs> had they say 28 and a half? They were right. How do they, I don't know how they do it. I don't either. We ripped them. We we crapped all over Vegas when they said that. Mea culpa. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's like the Eagles win total last year. where They have like nine and a half or something. It's like, oh, yeah. they went 15, and always they won know. nine games. <laughs> they, always, they always know. There's they, a reason that, that Vegas is Vegas. The reason why Vegas is uh, still in business. Yes. Uh, Brad Miller uh, had his one big throw, and then ended up on the <laughs> out, out for 10 days. Yeah. 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 Good job, Brad. So uh, Gabe said not to expect a, a long stay. doesn't seem like that's a major injury. But uh, also, not a great throw. A great play by JT Romuto on yeah. that throw. It was a okay throw. It was a great play. He put all his heart into that it, was, I mean, not, he did. Heart <laughs> and hustle Brad Miller. He did. He did. But that was, I mean, Romuto, again, he is, and I know he had the homer in, in game two and getting going maybe a little bit, we hope, offensively. But you can't underrate how great that guy is defensively. Oh, and and he, to catch fit. I mean, that was in like the, what, 13th inning? To catch those many innings and still make that play? JT Romuto, uh, per fan graphs, is the second most valuable defensive player in the entire game. Wow. Player? Not player. just catcher? Just player Whoa. in the entire... And like, there's I the, believe it. Watching on night-to-night basis, what he does, it's not the craziest thing I've ever heard. There's so much... Well, now it's the, the trendy thing is like, well, you know... Jorge's offensive numbers. <laughs> it's like it's like oh my god! Like are we serious? Romito, I believe he's been worth already two more wins than than uh, Alfaro this season in yeah. terms of WAR. Yeah, uh, Real Muto's uh, WAR this season is point two points below Jorge Alfaro's career WAR. <laughs> like there you go. Like it, I'm That'll so work. I am so tired of it. He's had a he's had a down offensive season, and it's definitely not what we expected. But like if you look at He's like hard hit percentage. Like he's 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 really is getting unlucky. And when you watch him every single night, like obviously he had the seven strikeouts in a row, which you don't want to see at all. Like that's just brutal. But when I when you watch him every night, like the guy is, is hitting the ball hard, and it just most of the time is just right at one, at someone. So uh, hopefully it starts evening out, and he can start figuring it out. But like he's such a dominant defensive player that like and Alfaro is just Alfaro's. Just not, he was not a good player. He's, he's probably still, I haven't watched him every night, obviously. I haven't. I've watched no, so little He's not a good baseball player. Yeah. He is a, he is a stat cast baseball player. He is a, he is a great arm, huge great tools. power. Yep. Yeah. But like when you actually playing baseball, I don't think he's a good player. And again, there is no other position in the sport, maybe in all of sports, where one aspect of it is so much more important than the other. I, your catcher theoretically can hit 200. If he's going to be the best defensive catcher in baseball, it's that valuable at that position in terms of handling the staff and the defense stuff he does. Just an incredibly valuable player that that I think that we have underrated his value 
to this team based on everything he does defensively. Also, if you take it off far as his numbers against the Phillies, he's probably not playing that well. <laughs> That's a great point. It feels like it feels like his numbers against the Phillies Revenge are just games. unbelievable. Yeah, he's, he's kills like us. 400 against the Phillies. Probably always will. I feel like that's the way it worked. To yeah. trade away a guy, they come back down and... Yeah. I'm, I'm not worried about... Off- now, Sixto, on the other hand, I'm very worried about. Sixto looks good. You see pitching ninja yeah, put up some... Yeah, yeah. Sixto. Yeah, Sixto's great. Yeah. He's going to be good. Never a doubt. It's all- well, with Sixto, it was always, will he stay healthy? We never doubted the skill, the talent. It was just, will he stay healthy? And that's still a question. He's a little guy, throws hard, you know, all that type of stuff. But we always talked about... The, the thing with Sixto is that it, it wasn't like he threw hard easy. It wasn't like the torque on the body. It wasn't like Oswald, where you're like... Or Lensicum. Or Lincecum, better example. You're right, Lincecum. Where you're like, his arm's going to fall off. Like, his arm's going to fall off if he keeps doing that. Sixto, it looks so much easier and so much more natural. Oh, Sixto's easy 100 with spotting it whatever he wants. Yeah. yeah. He's going to be good. He's going to be good, but they can't pay him. So yes. he'll be here if they want him. Yeah, great point. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and Romito, again, has been crazy, crazy valuable. All right, game two. I mean, maybe the most boring win in the history of Phillies baseball. Game oh, two. It, was, it was horrible. <laughs> Can you think of one? First of all, Vinny. Five and two thirds, nine strikeouts. He takes a hundred and ten pitches to get through five and two thirds, and and look, awesome. Very happy with the outing. Granted, against the Tigers, but oh my god, I I hate watching him. I hate. He's so slow. He's so boring. It's awful to watch. There he's was, the worst watch in baseball. There was one sequence where like uh uh, uh Nap was like holding down a three or whatever. I swear to God, it was ten seconds till he said, "Yeah, <laughs> okay, we'll go with the three. Yep. We'll go with the, we'll go with the slider or whatever." Uh, uh. And like, if he's playing, his fastball location was better, and they're they're trying to work with. Like, first off, they just decided that it was a good time to try the string the string drill to work on his fastball location. Like the string drills. I, I, Doing that since I was like fourteen. <laughs> like, like, what are we doing here? Trying anything they can. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, it, I thought his fastball location was was decent. He he really struggles, and why he struggles so much with thinking against left-handed pitchers or left-handed hitters is that he cannot he cannot get his fastball up and into lefties. We saw it happen with Muncie uh, last week or against the Dodgers. Really, I mean, every time he tried to go up and in with a fastball to a lefty, he just leak it out over the plate, and they would just smoke it. So um, the Tigers did not make him pay. And they didn't make him pay all afternoon. It was inefficient. It was nine. It was nine Ks, hundred and ten bitches, five and two thirds. Like I'll take it. Happy for you. Like good. But I, I'm not like. Oh my god, no. Vinny. Again, this uh, and you kind of poo pooed it before with Pavetta, obviously. But I mean, this Tigers lineup is among the worst I've ever seen. They're, they have like three guys I had never heard of before. I mean, Bobby Wilson. Apparently, that guy's been in the majors for a long time. Or up and down. Yeah. No idea who he is. The Dixon dude. Never heard of me. I watch a lot of baseball. Like, I watch a lot of baseball. I play fantasy in multiple deep leagues. I know the majority of players in the league. I've never even heard of these guys. They have Jordy Mercer? <laughs> well, yes, they have Jordy Mercer, and they got Nico Goodrum. And it is a horrendous lineup. Terrible. Yeah. It's horrible. So it's hard to it's hard get to too th- excited about. Yes, but <laughs> but... But what he can take away is 98 with a hammer yes, curveball. Yes. What he don't want to take away from is 93 still missing fastball locations and a curveball that they were just spraying to, yeah. to left field all Look, I, I, I'm very with you. Just eye tests, watching Pavetta, he looked dominant. It did. It looked like it wouldn't have mattered who was up. I mean, those pitches were, were nasty. He looked nasty. So right. I, there is a difference, but... And like even like Velasco's going to head like 1-2, 0-2, two, oh, two, and then he'll go like... I'll get a 3-2, and then he'll throw a a fastball by someone. And then it's like as soon as a runner's on base, you know he's going to take that much longer to go. It's unbelievable. Yeah, It's like 
It's a three and a half hour game last year. It was a four nothing game. <laughs> four nothing. It was three and a half hours. Four nothing. How? I, I'm sitting there in the eighth inning. I'm like, I can't. I can't believe this game isn't over right now. This is ridiculous. It was never ever going to end. So, uh, I mean. Hoskins had a ball. There, there were so many balls in the series that just would have been bombs at Citizens Bank Park. Hoskins stand up triple. Yeah, that. that was like <laughs> that was like in the bullpen. That's unbelievable. At Bank Park. There was three. There was three balls in the game one that there were there were like three back to back. It yeah, felt it like, like I know Harper and Hoskins had two back to back that were easy home runs in Citizens Bank Park that were flyouts in game one. I don't remember the Harper one, but the the it was like the seventh inning, sixth inning, somewhere in there. All I know is that Segura would have had one, Kingery would have had one, and I'm pretty sure Hoskins would have had one as well. What do you think about the way Cap? What do you think about Kapler giving Harper the day off? Harper essentially getting three days off, you know, this week essentially with that, with the two off days and the day off, and just the way he, it seems like the way he's kind of constructed things was was kind of with an eye on the Brave series. Do you do you feel that? Yeah, um, and it was nice that it was. First off, if you can win a game that Bryce doesn't play in, like I'll take it. Absolutely. Um, first game all season he hasn't appeared in. Like he, second one he hasn't started, but the first time Bryce Harper has not gotten into a game this year as a Phillies. Yeah, so if you can win that way, that's great. Um, and just getting Reese off his feet for a day was good, and getting Real Muto off his feet was good to be able to win a game um, like that. Off his, off his. Crouch. Yeah, still, out of his Still crouch. playing first base, but yeah, still playing first base, and yeah, but who needs it? Yeah, and, I'm with you. Um, it was good. It, it was a little. If they lost game one, I would hope he wouldn't have gone. I would hope that he would not have done it for game two. Agree. Like you're just coming out the All Star break. You have off Monday. Well, that was my thought. It's like you're just off the All Star break and you have two off days this week. Like, does Bryce really need? I mean, I'm fine with it. They won the game, but yeah, it's a little, little, yeah. Yeah, I didn't. Th- I think I don't think he needed it's a little it. Weird, unless Bryce asked for it. Which I, we know Bryce Harper. I doubt he did. It right. doesn't seem like the Bryce Harper we know is asking for days off ever. No. So glad they won. Don't totally get it. I don't think he needs that much of a mental break heading to a Braves series. Totally agree. Just go hit. Totally agree. All right. Um, we'll look at the Braves series in a sec. I do have a, a couple questions there. Anything else from the Tigers series? No, I mean, just that Penn vet is here for a week. Oh. Yeah. Uh, oh. For a week. How could I forget? Like, I don't know if you noticed this, but uh, do the Phillies... Now, I don't know if this is allowed, but do the Phillies have three viable lefty options out of the bullpen? Well, it's unbelievable. So, first of all, you and I... Big Jose Alvarez fans now. We're in. Never doubted him. He's just good. He just gets outs. And I know that, you know, he needed Brad Miller to help out a little bit in that game, but Jose Alvarez just gets outs. He's got a mid three air, uh, 3 1 2 ERA or something like that. Ranger Suarez, all the guy does is win baseball games, 3 0 since the All Star break. Just a winner. And we, we've always loved Adam Morgan. Um, obviously, I think Suarez is the one you're, you're less, you know, sure about, but I feel really good about Adam Morgan and Jose Alvarez, and what I've seen from Suarez over the last few weeks, I feel really good about that, too. Yeah, I mean, Suarez... Multi-innings, too, with, with well, all guys. What's nice about Suarez, and I think what uh, what they're starting to finally learn, um, is that you need guys that can throw strikes. Yes. And and, and, and guys who can go multiple innings is, is really helpful, too, as we're seeing. Like, that's why Kyle Dewey got sent down back to double-A, because guys can't throw strikes. And I think Gabe, Gabe came from the Dodgers, and he came from a team that, like, you better fill the strike Preaches zone. Preaches that. I mean, it's unbelievable. You go and look at the walk rates of Dodgers pitchers, it's unlike anything you've ever seen. Right. And that's why he's so frustrated. That's why he's so frustrated with Pavetta. Like, Gabe is, he only critiques two players. And it's Nick Pavetta and Mike Alfredo. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so, so. That's it. That's and it. once in a while, Vinny. Once in a while, but same reason. Right. So, so Ranger Suarez will come in and sure, may not be wipeout stuff, but at least you know he will give you strikes. That's when Juan Acasio was pitching in the, as a setup guy because he will come in and he will throw yep. strikes. They want guys that can throw strikes. Now, do I wish those guys had upside? Do I yeah, wish they like threw harder? Stuff. Do I yeah. wish they could strike out people? 
Yeah, but who yeah. needs it in 2019? Well, especially yeah, in 2019. <laughs> yeah, strikeouts aren't important. Um, I think also, though, with Suarez, the thing that I, I think you're seeing that he's clearly, as we've seen, I think he's not a starter, but he's someone who, if he's only facing guys once, can get through the lineup a little bit. Like, yeah, yeah. He's deceptive enough. He's got a weird enough delivery where it's, it's hard to pick it up. And he seems unfazed. He seems unfazed. Yeah, he seems by, like he's got a little bit of nails in him. Right. So um, I think Morgan's obviously their best option. And Very I think clearly. Still, still really. Especially against lefties. Really good against lefties. Still yeah. don't love him against righties, but Me he did too. strike out Castellanos yesterday and then kind of. That was one of those classic things. I, I've been through this before where like you get the big guy out in the lineup and then it's, it's like it's like you get out the five hole hitter and the six through nine is just like, ah, these guys suck. I'm good enough. Like, <laughs> and in this case, it's really true with the Tigers. Right. That's exactly what it was. It's like yeah. you get out the five hole hitter. He's like the last threat. Yeah. And then he kind of just like, eh, whatever. I'll just throw whatever. There. And, no then, and then he walked to and yeah. it got like a little dicey. And it's like, come on, Adam. Like, can we just, can we just figure it out for a yeah. second? Um, but I, I, they, I didn't know it was allowed for a Phillies team to have three viable options from the left side of the bullpen but apparently this left side period we don't do left was it like two months ago where they didn't have one like it was like Morgan yeah. was hurt. Well, Morgan was hurt, and Alvarez was. It was just, well, no, it was just, just Alvarez. Alvarez. It was just Alvarez. Yeah. Alvarez. But that was at the time where Alvarez was the worst pitcher on the team, and we all hated him. They went to the Dodgers series with Jose Alvarez yes. being the only lefty. And option. it was when Alvarez was not great. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. It's exciting. What an exciting oh, thought. It's riveting. Yeah, I'm about it. This is what we're this is what we're doing here, Jack. Love this modern baseball team. I mean, Hector Neris caved the side. Game two, very exciting. Did yeah. he? Did he yell he, "f you" to the Dodgers? He the, scared the crap out of me in the in game one in the 15 inning game. Always. So yeah, not great. Heart attack, Hector. Okay, uh, we'll talk about the Braves here in a sec. But speaking of Hector, speaking of trades, and we're going to do our perfect deadline. But right now, you just said you expect or don't expect, but you're worried that Pavetta will get traded and deal. We've heard a lot of names attached for these. We haven't heard any really relief names other than names attached with starters. Like we've heard Stroman and Giles or Stroman and Hudson. We've heard Boyd and Green as options, yeah. but we haven't heard them really. Attacking the pen market. Um, Tre- Trevor Bauer, as we mentioned, kind of the new name added to that list of names we've heard. Right now, and we'll do our perfect deadline, but what's your feel on starter, reliever? Do they end up with either of those types of pitchers and, and what level they end up with? I think, right that, now? I think they'll get a controllable starter. And so whether it's one of the... Minor, whether, minor Ray, Stroman, Boyd, uh, or Granke. Or Bauer. Or Bauer. Yep, those Bauer. are the six names, and it is interesting. They're all signed past the season, so I think that's why you're connected to Phillies. The Bauer, I think Greinke, I, personally, I don't think Greinke's coming here. I don't think Greinke wants to come here, and I think ultimately that's what will happen. But obviously, I would love him. Then they better not do their. They better not go t- too far down that road and miss out on other pitchers. Like, I agree. You better figure it out now. I agree, and I think they know. I think they know. I think I that hope, they're but involved. It, keep, it keeps well, coming that's out. That's what, uh, what, what I can't remember. It was Moro- I think it was Morosi who said that they've been engaged in talks yeah. with the Diamondbacks about Greinke, but that they they're not like at the front burner right now. That it's not something they're expecting. But they're so, also the only team that's been named multiple times with Greinke. That's a good point too. Look, I would love Greinke, and again, I think that. It all comes down to Greinke. They have to have a feel for whether Greinke is going to be willing to come here. I mean, again, this is a guy who has said out like multiple times, "I don't want to pitch in a big city. I have anxiety." He pitched he, in L.A. He's talked about his anxiety. He pitched for the Dodgers. Yeah, he did. He did. So, but that's a soft sports town. So it's I, a different thing, man. Come like, can you here. imagine Angelo's first tweet when oh he's? Oh my god, <laughs> he one bad start and people are on him, and then it's like Greinke's like, "Screw you, I'm out." And his next two years are just turmoil. Yes. And so. I, look, I would love the Granky deal. I we both agree that in terms of if he's willing to come here, that's the guy we want the most because he costs the least and he's a great pitcher and yeah. it's just money. Yeah. I just I would be prized, but so, would so, I. so you think a controllable starter comes here? You think one of those six guys or someone of that ilk 
if it's a name that we haven't heard for some reason. But who else would I'm trying? I've, I can't we, think I've, of many. I all I do is look over depth charts. I know. I can't. I can't find another one. Um, the thing with Bauer though, like it's like the next level down. It's guys like you know they. I could see a Tanner like Jeff Roark, Samarja, Tanner Roark, or Mike someone Leak. like that. Exactly, Mike Leake, Samarja, Roark, those types of guys. The but, thing with the thing with Bauer and like I think Bauer's a really good pitcher. Super strange guy. Don't love him. I I, I hate him as a, oh, yeah. a human being. I'm not a fan. Not a fan at all. He's nasty though. He is nasty. When but, he's locked but, in. but 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 they've been so invested in this clubhouse thing. I oh, would be surprised. That's a great point. I mean, I'm sure there are people in the clubhouse who would like him. I mean, seems like a Jake Arrieta kind of guy. If yeah, I had to but guess. but not. It's not even that. It's just <laughs> no, like I know. he's he's a volatile person. Well, I didn't Garrett Cole. I mean, talk to you. They played in yeah, college. He's a he's a dude. I mean, look, Trevor Bauer's an ass. Yeah, I, he just is. Like all you have to do is Google Trevor Bauer and read some of the stuff about him. I mean, he gets into fights with women on on Twitter and bad dude. dude he's I just dude. I don't. I just. I don't. I'm not. I'm not. I want You don't want him. him? Yeah, I eh. think he's just too much. I, look, I I hope that because of all that and because of the fact that he said he's going to sign one-year contracts after next season, you know, when he, his contract's up and all, mercenary and all that, that maybe you can get him for less. That would be my thought, is that maybe he has a smaller market because of what an ass he is. Yeah, maybe. maybe. But, yeah, if I if I had to go over it, I for think— what it's worth, he would be the one I would, I would expect them to trade for the least just based on the whole situation. Yeah. Um, but I just think they're going to go— and they're going to go controllable and— I, I just <sighs> the comments the other day were so frustrating by Clentac. Oh yeah, let's get into that because uh, like basically, if you haven't heard the comments, Clentac essentially did what McPhail did, poo pooed the idea that they're going all in this year, which we've discussed. But poo pooed the basically said, hey, when you're up, if you're up seven games in the division, you're going to be a lot more likely to make a big trade like they did in 09 than if you're down seven games in the division, which at the time they were. So he was kind of saying, hey, and and again. Take it from with a grain of salt because we've seen many GMs, including him, lie and do the opposite of what he says. But he did poo-poo the idea that that a big trade would be coming. Right, which is annoying from the standpoint of like you don't want to give up these prospects and you don't want to go all in. You don't want to go over the luxury tax. You don't want to do all this stuff. Like if you don't want to do all that stuff, why didn't you just sign Keiko? It's a great point. Like, that's a great point, Jack. When we're stepping back, like, why wouldn't you just sign the guy that that wouldn't have done any of those things? Like, it would have been a one year. It could have kept. Like, ima- they're right. thirteen million. They're under the the cap still. If and they then do, it keeps the you. Tax. And it keeps you into the in it until the deadline. And then the deadline comes up. And hey, if you're closer to it, then you could give up more and <laughs> yep. go for it. Yep. And yep. and like. I just look this this like he said something like you know we coming into the season we we're only projected to win eighty some games and guess what we're still only gonna win like eighty some games it's like dude like all right objectively great off season yeah like what are you what happened to that guy and and taking it a step further when you look at it like okay fine look at it that way but what are you gonna do next season. There's only one great starting pitcher on the market oh. this offseason, and it's Garrett Cole, and he's going to cost $200 million or whatever he will. And look, love Garrett Cole. Oh, if they want to go sign Garrett Cole, bring him on over. I'm very happy about that. But, like, you can't put all your eggs in that basket, so you're going to have to trade for somebody at some point, right? You have to do something to bring a pitcher in here for next season. Why not do it now? Right. Why? I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, they have no choice but to go after a Minor, Stroman, Ray. Like, they have no choice but to go after the big names because, like, you're trying to compete next year, too. Yep. And, and theory, I would love, my goal out of this trade deadline is trade for a guy that you've envisioned can be here for the next four years. Yes, as we talked about, someone you could actually sign further than that or right. whatever. So, I, I just, this defeatist attitude of, like, well, maybe more of a, a Loesch or a Blanton type of move. Ugh. 
Like then you Kyle just should have signed Dallas Keuchel, yep. and I was we're not the biggest Keuchel guy in the world, but like it was basically the back end of the rotation guys like Velasquez at that point, Pavetta at that point, mm-hmm. or just let Keuchel go do go be go do Keuchel things. Now we're like all gung ho about Drew Smiley. Like I would love for Drew Smiley to figure it out. I'm not confident in Drew Smiley figuring Dallas it out. Dallas Keuchel a way 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 better bet than Drew Smiley. Right, like way better. I mean, if not even comparable. One guy pitched in the major leagues last year. <laughs> one, yeah. <laughs> I mean, one guy won a Cy Young a few years and ago. And plus, if they brought in Dallas Keuchel, this would have been the best 2015 team of all time. <laughs> you would have Harper, Arietta, <laughs> Keuchel, You Smiley. got both Cy Youngs. The, and both the MVP. 2015 Cy Youngs in the MVP. <laughs> would have been the best That's 2015 great. team of that is all great. time. Um, yeah, I'm with you, and I'm hoping that Clentac is is doing a little rope dope type action. Where... Oh, I'm I'm sure that given the pitching decisions they've made in the last <laughs> I, two say, years, I didn't say I expected. Yeah, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure he's scouring the market. Oh, you know, they right. cooked. They could have picked up the option on Charlie Morton for nine and a half million dollars, and they stop, chose the one million dollar buyout stop, and let him go to the Astros. You're killing me. Right I was now. I was watching Charlie. You mean the no, guy no, no, who's no. going to win the Cy Young in the American League this year, Charlie Morton? That Charlie Morton? I I kid you not, James. I was watching Charlie Morton Phillies highlights this morning. Oh no! Why would you actually do that? last night? Last night. Why would you last do that night, to yourself? Because Why? I, I, first off, I want to make sure it was real. It did, was real. Did he did he pitch on the team? It was real. And I was watching him. Guy was freaking nasty. We said it. We okay. That was nasty. World, Even Seri- World Series hero Charlie Morton. Yeah, Cy Young winner after this season. Charlie Morton didn't even. Yeah. Be nice to have that guy here. Nine and a half million. <laughs> be nice to have that guy here. Nine and a half million. Oh, and only fifteen this off season. <laughs> All right, Glenzak. So love, uh, the, love the pitching decisions. Quickly, that, do you uh, think they thing. trade for a, a closer? I mean, obviously bullpen arms. I'm we we can assume they'll add an arm or whatever. But do they trade for someone who will be their closer? I don't want Giles. Um, I just think if you're going to the clubhouse thing and think that guy can't handle a big city, I just I have no interest in bringing back hundred mile Giles. Well, and we also saw what happened with him in the playoffs with the Astros. <laughs> I mean, he lost a job in the playoffs. Like it couldn't close for them in the World Series. So. And they said, mm, we're good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, like, if they, do the, if they do the Boyd trade, I'd like to see Shane Green added to the mix. Uh, I would actually, I would like to see them trade for a controllable start and then go somewhere else for a closer. Like, I would rather, I honestly, I like the idea of trading something small for, like, a Michael Givens and having another back end of the bullpen guy. Or, like, an Alex Colome or yeah. something like that. Kilome. Um, is it Colome? Is, is it really? Kilome. Is it Colome? I thought Alex it was Colome. You could be right. I don't know. Either Why way, it's Kilome? a guy who's... I said Keelan because yeah, I think of Franklin, Franklin Keelan for yeah, uh, yeah, Astrubal last th- year. That type of trade. But I would like a smaller trade for like a Michael Gibbons kind of guy. Uh, yeah, the same idea with Cologne. It's yeah, like Cologne. closing for the White Sox. You know, that type of guy who's a, maybe not a wipeout awesome closer, but someone who's a really good back of the bullpen guy who's pitched in good bullpen. You know, I mean, Cologne's had four or five years of really solid success. Right. And those guys are always available. Always available. And available generally for cheap. So. Right. Right. And like the like Kirby Yates it would cost a lot. I think he would cost a lot. A lot, a lot. Yeah, a lot. he's still signed through next season at least. And plus, San Diego Padres uh, uh, viewership is up eighty one percent from last year. Is it really? Yeah, good for them. So uh, I don't think they want to move pieces. You know, I think they want to try to compete. And look, they're they're a team where they don't really need more young talent. Like they don't need to trade for young talent. They've got it all already. So all right. Um, Big series coming up, Jack. Ugh, five and a half out. Like that's a great. I mean, it's crazy. shout out to the Royals, man. Well, that's a, yeah. Shout out to the Royals. They they, they did the opposite of what the Tigers couldn't do against the Phillies, which is great. Um, Ian Kennedy, we want him. 
I, it's, it, I don't particularly, but that type of name, it's you could put him in that conversation with Givens. And I mean, Jake Diekman, I'd take Diekman back. We don't really need lefties is <laughs> the crazy thing anymore. We're good. <laughs> um, we got the guys. But it is crazy because, and, and look, you know, we all, two or three, that's what we always say, but, um, and I'm certainly not on any level expecting them to sweep the Braves, but we've talked about the NL East just being over. Like, it's done. We're only worried about the wild card. If somehow, some way, at home, they can sweep the Braves. They're two and a half games back, Jack. And we're back. <laughs> can you imagine? What would I, I can't even process if it. If they sweep the Braves, Matthew Boyd will be here for Alec Baum. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is a massive, when you think about it that way, it is a massive series in the sense that if they can sweep them, or even take two or three, even if they can make the NL East a realistic thing, that has to put more pressure on Klintak to, to consider at least adding to this team because then all of a sudden you're not just playing for that one game anymore. And the the opposite of that, if they get swept, well, yeah, then they're, like, they're eh. lose two or three. They're seven and a half out at that point with sixty games left. Again, we've said it uh, like thirty times this season, but this is definitely the most important series of the season up until this point. No doubt about it. Yeah. It, it literally changes the direction of the team. Yeah, if, if they go out and take two or three or sweep. God forbid, it'd be awesome. Um, <laughs> they don't do that. Jack. No, no. Uh, well, they did already this year. So I know our first uh, in the, in that building back when we were locked for the God, uh, East. back when the offense is awesome. Yeah. Anyway, not anymore. Um, so yeah, I just think it changes everything. If, if they if they play like a competent baseball team and and take two or three, it's just it just go. They are definitely monitoring this series from a trade deadline standpoint. Like I think it's it's surprising it's this late, but I know that they are looking at this like if we go if we play well, we'll we'll buy more into this team. I agree with you, and it's it's more information to make an informed decision with, and it really matters. One question about the series: it doesn't seem at least so far like Gabe is going to move Nola up. No, I start on Sunday. They okay? They said it. Okay, so I because I was perplexed by that. Yeah. I was like, why would you not move him up? So at the cost of who? Ariadne or Eflin? Smiley. Really. I would have thought they'd, they'd they'd roll Smiley out there. Cliff Lee is on your team. You're not going right. to roll him out there, game in, in a big series. I yeah, mean, I would rather see Smiley than Eflin right now. I just would. Arietta, Eflin, Nola. Okay, I'd rather see Smiley than Eflin, but that's fine. We got Soroka, Freed, Gosman. Get out of here, Gosman. Yeah, I mean Soroka is the only one who scares you. I mean Freed's a really good pitcher. But oh, Soroka's Freed, Freed against this lineup. One. Yeah, it's game show. over. Yeah, yeah let's show. let's no. relax. What versus, are we saying here? Versus feeling heavy. Zach what, are, what are we saying here? Yeah, well, that's the problem. Um, all right, Eflin hasn't Eflin hasn't fooled a guy in six starts. I'd rather. I, I mean, this is something I never thought I would say this season after what we've seen already. But I'd much rather have Bone Spurs Arietta out there than Eflin right well, you, now. You got him Friday, so I'll take it over heavy body Eflin. I mean. I would love for Arietta to set a tone. If Arietta, like, I know we always say, like, big game pitcher, this is why he's here, oh, theoretically. Can you imagine if he went out and just dealt? And listen, dealt is, With is five innings. To a point, <laughs> yes. What, what bones for Arietta can give us. Be crazy. Be crazy. Um, big series, man. I'm excited. And obviously, we'll talk about it on Monday when we get back. It's and, one of those series that, like, it's one of those series that you're, like, 705, I'm it, right in front of my it, TV. Oh, my God. I, I, I'm canceling weekend plans to me. It's a show me series. It's a real show me series. This team has a chance to show a lot of people who have not believed in them for a while now in this city or like believed in them to the point of like, oh, they could be a real playoff team that matters. If they can sweep the Braves, people will pay attention. Yeah, winning five or six against the Pirates and Tigers is not exciting. <laughs> nothing. It does, it does literally nothing. Staying afloat. It's yeah. li- the definition of staying afloat. Yeah, so it's four or five. Well, oh, well, they've won five or six. Five or six, six totals. Yes. Correct. Yes. So, um, 
Yeah, it's 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 massive, and hopefully Segura can play. I mean, yeah, that's you. And I do get the feeling that my again going back to Gabe saving up. It felt like look, he pinched hit uh, when Pittsburgh. Um, like pinch hit on on 15, game one. Yeah, so I feel like almost he's at a homer. Close. I feel like it's one of those things where if he had to go, he could go. And I feel like in the Braves series, he's got to go. And it's a Bryce series. Yeah, it's a Bryce. Series. Oh, it's got to be. He's Bryce got the rest. Series. He's played well. Um, he played well in the Dodgers series single handedly. One of them. One of those games. Um, and this is this is this is what we paid you for, man. And you've been you've been better. Could you please lift the ball? Please, Bryce. <laughs> can, you, can you give me a homer to this series? Just, just him, and, him and Real Muto are both at the lowest launch checkers. The, unbelievable. Here's what I don't get, right? I'm watching the I'm watching the Yankees and Twins last night. Oh, my God. Don't even go there. You t- two nights ago, you're talking about like, Both, both, oh, both okay. games. Well, two nights ago, it's like, of course, we have our 15-inning game going on. When, it's like, like, it's like the best game the in worst. baseball this yeah. season is going on against them. It's like, that game is what I wish our game were. I had both TVs on. Phillies on one, Yankees, Twins on the other. And I'm like, why can't our game be this game? Because this is... Awesome. They're both launching baseballs. I know. It, it, I know. It's like fourteen or twelve ten, or it was crazy. Watching watching that game, watching that game, uh, and and seeing what Wes Johnson, the Twins pitching coach, has done, mm-hmm. a former pitching coach or uh, at Vanderbilt, brought to Twins and just changed the whole rotation, and seeing the way that they launch, I have never been more committed to the fire John Maley. <laughs> like I just have ne- like wa- watching teams that know how to do it. And then watching the Phillies. Well, especially after that 15 inning game. Like, that was as much an indictment of John Maley. And again, we always say, I mean, who knows what hitting, what hitting coaches really do and what really involvement they have. But that, that game felt like an indictment of John Maley to me. I mean, yeah. they were just non competitive at bats in a, against a bad team in a game you need to win. With bad plans over for like, 15 freaking innings. Like, I honestly, I honestly. I think the Dodgers would have would have crushed Matthew Boyd. That's what I'm worried about. Like, because he's such a two pitch guy, and his yeah. fastball is not overwhelming. They're just gonna wait for those spots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm worried about that. So, um, yeah, the Twins, <laughs> Twins Yankees game is like this is what it's supposed this to look is what like. It's supposed to, these teams are better. They're just meanwhile, better. our guys like Bryce is the lowest launch of his career. Can't launch anything. <laughs> like it's it's just terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> Absolutely terrible. All right, uh, note bag. Uh, I think it's hilarious that the Mets. Traded uh, Mike Trout of the East for Edwin Diaz, and they're already putting they're him on already, the block. I was going to say that, dude. Diaz is on the block. It's <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Again, I, I can't thank the Mets enough for hiring Brody Van Wagen and over Kyan Bloom. Kyan Bloom was the second place finisher in that job. Gotta, gotta bring in an thank agent. Thank you, New York Mets. You are the best. Keep being you. They're, um, they're unbelievable awesome. at this. It's awesome. <sighs> Love you didn't it. have to do that trade. No. Although, although Cano did. Uh, yeah, he had three homers in the game. Wow. He did his first good moment as a Met. I'm sure they're super psyched as they watch Jared Kalinick be like a top 10 prospect in baseball. Yeah, for sure. Um, and my final note bag thing is uh, Spencer Howard is getting promoted to Reading. Ooh, that's uh, good. Or eventually getting promoted to Reading. If not today, then tomorrow. Um, so that's super exciting. And honestly, I don't think. I don't think he's going to be there long. I think they want to get him with the major league balls in AAA, and I think if he pitches well, he, it is not out of the realm that he could be here in September. Like he is, he is that polished of a pitcher. He is that dominant, That's and what, what he's hear, doing in Clearwater is freaking amazing. That's what I want to hear. So S- Spencer Howard. Oh, I can't wait. My favorite. I'm. A, I love that guy. And I'm listen, so in on Spencer Howard. And here's the thing: this is the God's honest truth. They have freaking developed two good pitchers in 30 years. Yeah. Aaron Hamels Nola and, and Nola. That's it. That's it. That's it. For the love of God, just give us. One. Let's try to develop. Please do that. Another pitcher. Yes, <laughs> it um, would be 
glorious. Speaking of developing, other side of the ball, final thoughts coming up. But first, our good buddy, Chase Sr. Shout out to Chase Sr. Uh, the new open that you've heard with Bryson Stott as a result of Chase Sr. And Chase, our good friend, had a chance to catch up with the number one pick overall himself. Uh, number one Phillies pick overall. Right, number 14. Uh, Bryson Stott, Julian Chase Sr. Here's a little bit of that interview. So the High Hopes podcast is on the road. We are coming to you from Bowman Field in Williamsport, and we have a great guest for you guys. You probably know him pretty well already. It's Philly's first-round pick, number 14th overall out of UNLV, shortstop Bryson Stott. And Bryson, you go from playing college ball at UNLV to then getting drafted, going down to the Florida Gulf Coast League to now playing low A ball in the New York Penn League here in Williamsport. If you could come up with one word to describe the last few months, what would you say? Uh, the, my one word would be crazy. Uh, just everything that, how fast everything kind of moves. But yeah, crazy would, would explain it. So you tore it up down in Florida in the Gulf Coast League. You haven't been in Williamsport long, but we're going to start this off with some trivia and true or false questions about Williamsport to see how well you know Billtown. You ready to go? Yeah. All right. True or false, Bowman Field is the second oldest operating minor league baseball stadium in the United States. Uh, I'm going to go true. You sure? Yeah. You got that right. One for one. Number two, true or false, during the 1800s, at one point, Williamsport had more millionaires per capita than any other city in the United States. 1800s, um, I think I'm going to go true again. Your instincts are right on. Two for two, off to a 1,000 batting average, kind of close <laughs> to what you're batting right now. Um, man, you talk about this ride being crazy. You're what we call a fast riser. In high school, you weren't a highly touted prospect, but you end up committing to UNLV, and you progress and develop there and really turn yourself into a top-tier prospect. In high school, when you weren't getting all of the Division One offers and you weren't getting noticed, you had that chip on your shoulder. Why did you stay hungry, and when did you realize, hey, I can make a career out of being a professional baseball player? Um, yeah, I mean, I was I was very small. My my first two years, I was 5'2 in high school, and then I kind of hit my growth spurt going into my junior year. So um, to hit my growth spurt, I mean, it's kind of with how early these guys are, are committing now, it was kind of kind of a lot of schools were, were not interested since I was such a such a late late bloomer. So, um, I mean, Coach uh, Stolton, Higgins, they were – they were on me, so that was it. Was nice to know that the the school in your backyard uh, had had a lot of interest in you. So, um, I mean, I still went out and did all the scout ball stuff just to just to explore. But um, I think deep down, I knew I was going to UNLV from from the start. Once they started talking to me, so um, just to be able to stay home and, and play for that school was awesome. Yeah. Um... A lot of athletes want to be known as more than just athletes. So tell the people out there who Bryson Stott is, what are some of your interests, and what are you about as a person? Um, well, my probably my hobby outside of baseball is I love to bowl. Uh, I think that's that's really fun. I mean, it takes your mind off, off the game, and you can just go have fun with a couple friends. And, um, I mean, I like to make, make people, like, um, just be themselves around me. I mean, I'm never going to... Just because you're maybe one one of the teammates is quiet and one is outgoing, you're never gonna never gonna treat one different than the other. I mean, they're both your teammates, and you both you both want to make them 
you want to make them feel as comfortable as they can and uh i think that's our that's my biggest thing and i i've kind of noticed that with some of the guys here is is everyone welcomes everybody with open arms so um, kind of making those transitions in into the into the minors is is awesome. I see some of the tattoos on the left arm. What's the significance behind them? Um, I mean, I got the Las Vegas signs where I'm from, and then uh, I got all my family's names. and And my best friend passed away, so I got his name on on the inside of my arm. And I have two flowers on the back for for my mom and sister. What's the story behind your best friend, if you don't mind sharing? Uh, our senior year, he passed away from leukemia. So I mean, that was that was probably the hardest thing I'll I'll ever go through, but. Uh, seeing his battle and the way he the way he went through that and, and carried himself through that, it's uh, I mean nothing's ever nothing's ever that big. So you could lose a baseball game, and it's like my thought process is like you saw what he went through. There's nothing in the world that that could even compare to what what he did. So I mean coming out here every day and just having fun, and giving everything you had is is what I was what I learned from from his couple years fighting that. So um, I mean we miss him every day. So. And that serves as everyday motivation for you, I assume. Absolutely. I mean, you, he would always be at our, our high school games. He would, he would come out and, and support us in everything we did. He was a basketball player, so we'd go, we'd go support him. Uh, I mean, he loved. I mean, his favorite things were home runs. So every time I, every time I hit one, I, I just think of him and, and how happy he would be. My mom passed away of cancer last year. I can kind of relate because before she passed, I told her, everything I do from here on out is going to be for you. And every single day. When you say that and when you know you have that pressure on you to make that loved one proud, it kind of helps you out and serves as everyday motivation. Yeah, absolutely. It was. I mean, I could go for five and it's still the same. He was the same Cooper. So um, just when I when I hit those home runs, it's I mean, it makes him makes him even better because, you know, he's he's up there watching. And that was his favorite thing to favorite thing to watch in baseball. So. So you're a Vegas kid coming from the West Coast before you got drafted. What did you hear about Philadelphia? Because there's that national perception that Philly is a tough, rugged, blue-collar town that can be tough on their sports teams, which they can. But I will tell you, it's mostly about passion. Absolutely. I mean, I, I went when I went up and signed. It was a it was a day game, and it was pretty much sold out. So you could just just by that, you could see how how passionate about their their teams they are, and they're they're really true baseball fans, and and really really want the best for the team. I was talking to Josh Bonifay a couple of weeks ago here at Bowman Field. We broadcast one of the games, and he was saying, he's the director of player personnel, for those of you not familiar, he was saying that he thinks you're ready to go, major league ready right now in the field. Would you agree with that assessment? Because you're 21 years old, and you're really coming into your own right now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you you got to have that mindset if you're gonna you're gonna make it in the minors and, and get to the majors one day. Is is every time you go out there, you're you're the best uh, player on the field. So, um, I mean, it's the you know that borderline cocky and, and confidence. It's you. You I mean you can't be can't be cocky. You can't strut around out there. You just go go out and, and play every pitch like it's your last. Do you kind of get that swagger, that confidence from Bryce Harper because? <laughs> He might be a little bit more out loud with it, but he has the right to because he's backed it up throughout his entire major league career. I know you guys are really good friends. Yeah, I mean, you you see what he does, and I mean, even even him, you see how hard how hard he works in the off season, how how passionate he is about every at bat, every every throw, every catch he's making in the outfield. It's never never taking plays off, and I mean, I would say that um, he's one of the people I get that play every pitch like it's your last mentality from. He's a rare breed. Him, guys like LeBron James, they've been superstars, all eyes on them since they were teenagers. I'm sure he was able to help you a lot throughout this process. If so, how? 
Uh, his big thing to me was just always have fun. Um, whatever happens really happens, and as long as you're having fun, enjoying what you're doing, is, is everything's going to work out just fine. That familiarity with him, I imagine, is going to help you out too as you come through the system. Yeah, just having somebody, somebody like that that you could really – pick up the phone and say hey this is going on right now what what should I do to get through this and and how'd you go about it is is unbelievable to have have kind of a mentor like like that and it's the, the funny thing that we ended up in the same organization is it's pretty crazy um, but just having having someone like that to to ask any question I need is, is awesome. I mentioned the Philadelphia sports fans are very intense. They are. They're also very knowledgeable, and they understand what's going on. There are a lot of baseball fans out there who are already looking at your numbers, and fans in Philly are very, very excited. They're especially excited about the potential power that you're developing. Where are you at in that process? Um, I mean, I've never never really been a home run hitter, and I mean, I'll backspin some out, and, and they'll go, but... Um, I've never really been one to try to just let them let them rip and try to hit over scoreboards and stuff like that. But um, I mean, I'd say as I've gotten older, the the pitches up that I was just hitting over the shortstop's head or or hitting hitting somewhere else. Now I'm starting to drive those balls out of the yard and into all fields. If you could project yourself forward, where do you sell? Where do you see yourself being as a major league baseball player? I know a lot of people, including yourself, have compared you to Brandon Crawford of the San Francisco Giants. Yeah, I've I've heard that since since I was in high school. So um, just being in high school watching his highlights and, and how he really goes about his business is, is something that I've I've done for the last couple of years and, and I, I could see some of the comparisons that especially the hair that, that some people some people think uh, we we are similar. The biggest adjustment from UNLV to playing Gulf Coast League and A ball is what? I just say that every day that every day that you're out here with the NCAA there's so many so many rules I mean not a lot of people are familiar with them but there's there's times in December that you can't even your coaches can't even be out there I think it's like a month month and a half that your coaches literally can't even help you so it's all all on your own and how you want to move forward with your career and lastly what have the discussions been like with the Phillies in terms of what they want you to work on this summer I'm um, just giving everything I have and going out and and uh really really getting better every day it's not you never want to leave the the park saying well i'm the same as i was yesterday or i went backwards so you always want to want to keep getting better and and keep progressing in this analytical age where numbers analytics they're soaring you've also got all this technology in baseball right now that has really been beneficial to players as you train as you practice as you play do you use any of those methods because they're pretty prevalent in the phillies organization right now yeah well i mean we'll have ipads and, and stuff going around during bp and and stuff like that so you could just if you want to see something, you go ahead and you just peek over and, and you uh, you see what you're doing and, and, and the numbers that you're, you're producing. Bryson Stott, thank you, man. Appreciate you. Absolutely. Thank you. Again, thank you, Chase, for, for thinking of us. That was yeah. super cool. We love you, Chase. Completely unexpected. <laughs> he did. We're at the Hall of Fame and we got a text from Chase with the open and we're like, you rule, man. That was awesome. Yeah. So, and also, thank you to Bryson Stott. Clearly, a huge fan of the High Ups podcast. So, it's it's our, he said it in our he's intro. A, he's our guy. Yeah. we are. We he knows are, our names. We we are. You know, he has to. He said them. We know for a fact he said our names once. So, Boom. all right, Fritzy. Final thoughts. Ah, uh, well, first final thought is High Hopes Night. Yes. Oh, bad job by me. Again, we always let you guys inside. We never lie, lie to the High Ups audience. Um. Every single time we're like, oh, we got to mention the upside beginning of the pod. Like, let's not forget. And we forget. Never do. It's always. We always forget. So come hang out with us. August 17th. It's going to be awesome. August 17th. Hang out. Uh, I, think we, I think we'll just, we'll plan on Jedro. 
Yeah, I think we're going to do Jet Row. And we'll, we'll get the details, but I think that'll be the easiest place to meet up, get everyone together. And cheapest parking. And the cheapest parking. And beers. Beers. <laughs> beers. Ah, <laughs> oh, beers. Can't wait. Beers. Beers. Uh, and my second final thought is that I, uh, this is uh, directly for uh, Jason Ochart. Adam Hazley's uh, leg kick's too high, and I would like it Ooh. for it to come down. Okay. So my Jason, <laughs> pay attention. I uh, I like I, I friend of the pod, Jason Ochart. I like Adam Hazley. Right. I think he's I think he's going to be a good solid major leaguer. Um, but for him to consistently be able to catch up to ninety seven or catch up to higher velocities, I just think his leg kick's too high because it, it it comes up super super high. Um, and I just think that for him to consistently catch up to those velocities, he needs more of an abbreviated one that he can be quicker to get his foot down and, and let the swing work from there. So uh, I am he, I would like Adam Hazley to get as many as bats as possible. Um, but eventually, I think, honestly, he sh- his swing, he should just watch what Utley did. Just like well, it's so funny. Like sometimes it looks like Utley, like that homer he hit in the Pirate series. Like it was like an Utley swing. Yeah, and the you double, said the that, double and off like, the wall. Yes, the double off the wall yeah. in the ninth inning was it's like compact, that's packed. It's tight. It's to the ball. So yeah, I like that. All right, my final thought. Uh, of course, rate and review the podcast. It makes Shaq so happy. Do it for him. Plus, the closer we get to a thousand, we're going to come out with something fun to uh, to do for everybody when we get to a thousand. So let's start that process now. My second final thought. Uh, and I just saw this that, uh, and I have been a Bud Selig defender for the most part compared to most people. I know that most people hate Bud Selig. I don't. I think he's underrated what he did for the game. But for him, this guy who presided over the whole steroid era thing to have the gall to come out and say that Hank Aaron and not Barry Bonds is the true home run champion of baseball. Get that out of here, bud. Are you serious? Are you serious with that? You? You of all people, bud? I can't even. Really mad about Buzz. It's just so ridiculous. Like, get that out of here, bud. All right. Uh, sweep the Braves. Uh, screw it, Jack. We always say two and three. No. Sweep the Braves. Send a message you back. Let's make this thing interesting, all right? Let let's, us, let's make the NL East a thing again. How yeah, about let's, that? Let's come in with an overly excited podcast on Monday. Yes. And oh, my God. We will be out of control. We'll be training for Bumgarner. Oh, it's going to be great. All we need is, all we oh, need it's going to be great. It's totally going to change my perfect deadline. All, we need, frame, so. all we need is playoff Bumgarner <laughs> oh, to get us over the pump. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. All right. So, uh, again, thank you, Chase Senior. And, and, of course, thank you to Bryson Stott, uh, newest friend of the show. So, until Monday, sweep. He's Fritz. I'm Seltzer. We'll talk to you later. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.